0: a patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Nate Pagel. He is the CEO of Medify's and the co-founder of Vidlet, based out of San Francisco, California. They're doing a ton of great work. Pagel is a serial entrepreneur and new media artist. He's been part of four startup exits in the Bay Area, Austin, and New York. And he has a video show and media artwork in over 20 countries. His experience includes product management, software development, design, branding, banking. He's got a wealth of knowledge in business. Hagel has managed award-winning digital media, web, and interactive marketing projects for many Fortune 500 companies, including Apple, Microsoft, AMD, and more. He is doing some outstanding work in healthcare now, and I'm excited to be hosting him here today to talk to us a little bit more about what they're doing in this space. So it's such a pleasure to have you here, Nate, and thank you for joining me.
1: Sure. Thanks, Saul. Yeah, and please do call me Nate, and uh, excited to be here as well and talk about, in this interesting time, what's happening with Metaphys and otherwise.
0: Yeah. So before we dig into Metaphys, Nate, tell us a little bit about what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Well, so this is my first healthcare startup. Everybody else on the team and board of advisors, et cetera, has had 10 to 20 plus years of experience in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they helped me figure that out. The reason to get into healthcare is I kind of made a decision as I've been through a variety of different startups to only do stuff that made the world a better place from now on, as opposed nice. to you know, advertising. <laughs> which I've <I'd> done a <laughs> lot. And so healthcare interested me. My co-founder and I went to grade school and high school together. So he's he and I have known each other most of our lives. Oh, wow. He is the chief of surgery and a cardiothoracic surgeon for coming on 20 years now, California as well. And he had an issue. So I've been interested in healthcare and philanthropic organizations, things like that. But he had an issue with his surgeons that he thought could be helped and really help everybody in healthcare. And by everybody, I mean the doctors, the clinicians, the staff, but also the patients and also their family, most importantly. And so I was interested in taking that head on. I was like a challenge. And so... I thought I'd do something different, do something in healthcare and see if I could bring sort of some of my experience and other verticals into healthcare and help out a little bit. Wow, that's awesome,
0: man. Well, you know, and you've had success outside of healthcare and the reality is we in healthcare can benefit from the external influences around us, whether it be technology, consumer insights, there's an opportunity to apply those things. And you know, the area where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck or fail, is that they make a lot of assumptions. You are surrounded by people that are healthcare experts. So <laughs> it's a nice combination. So talk to us about Medify's and what you guys are doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem. Sure, so how we
1: got started was that my co-founder recognized a need, not only his need, but all of his surgeons and every surgeon he knows to facilitate communication with a family of patients. Mm-hmm. So patients are job one, healthcare, care for that person, Et cetera. but there's really no protocol around talking to family and keeping them up to date and helping them feel satisfied secure and less anxious and so we started with a surgery-based product so let's say my dad is having heart surgery in dallas texas Mm -hmm. Um, what he does is he signs up the rest of us, me, his uh, wife, my brother, et cetera, to get updates that are already happening in the hospital. In the hospital, they have to track all this stuff. They track it in their EMR systems, et cetera. But the family gets no benefit from any of that information. And so in order to better that relationship and save time for himself, he wanted to have a provider, healthcare provider to family communication tool That worked on the smartphones that are in everybody's pockets. That worked inside, outside the hospital and across the United States to let them know what was going on on a quarter hour to hour basis all the time. So they didn't have to make phone calls. They didn't have to go up and ask somebody. It was just there on their phone. And they could go down to the cafeteria, get something to eat. And also, very importantly, when a surgeon, and this is true in every hospital in America, when a surgeon goes out to talk to the family post-procedure, which they can no longer do with COVID, by the way. So Mm -hmm. I'll give you update there. They missed the family 50% of the time. So that is 15 to 20 minutes of a surgeon's time that he's walking around the hallway. My co-founder sends a nurse into the bathroom and a volunteer down to the cafeteria to look for them. If you can't find him in 20 minutes, he goes and charts and scrubs in and does his next procedure. That's him not being happy, a waste of three Pearson's time there, family not being happy. That gets communicated back to the patient. And really impacts HCAP scores, which affect Medicare reimbursement. So it's it's a bigger deal than it would seem at at its surface to make that family happy, to know when they are, when you want to go talk to them, and really to make the experience better both for surgeons and staff, but also for patients and family. So we started there and then taking a look at the space, I had people at the Texas Medical Center come up to me in radiology, labor and delivery, chemotherapy, other air practice areas where they also had problems with family that had to pick up somebody during discharge or pick up a child at the Texas Children's Hospital or whatever, in which again, family was secondary because patients should be primary. And so we discovered other practice areas, the treatment types, procedure types, or during which we could also update the family members. So now we do within our platform, it's a family engagement SaaS platform that Medify has. We can update folks with dialysis, elder care, hospice, chemotherapy, labor and delivery, and we now have a COVID specific product for COVID cases that we offer to free for all healthcare providers. So that product's free. The rest of them will work with folks. It's a tough time for providers. So we'll work with folks on pricing.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I never realized that 50% of the time, the surgeon can't find the family. I mean, that's, that's frustrating. That's, yeah, that's a bad, bad use of their time. Literally, they're looking in bathrooms. (laughs) Man, crazy stuff. And so, you know, it's these problems that are out there that often go unaddressed and and then it becomes a bigger problem. But when they're identified and we could do something about it, it's a great opportunity. Number one, you know, to help HCAP scores, but overall outcomes, how patients and families feel, less stress. Because these moments are stressful, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my thesis was, going back to the statement, it takes a village to raise a child. Healthcare has progressed such that we live longer, we live with diseases longer, et cetera. So if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to take care of a 90-year-old with comorbidities and chronic conditions. It takes a village to take care of somebody with chronic conditions earlier in life as well. And to enable that is to bring the family, friends, contacts, loved ones, whatever, whoever the patient wants into that care continuum so that when they're not in front of a doctor, which let's face it, is the minority of the time, everybody else is looking out for them and helping them adhere because that lack of adherence to a physician's instructions got them there in the first place. So and people that love them have a huge incentive to help them out. And so let's make that electronic. Let's track it. And to your point, in terms of outcomes, we have reduced readmission rates in some cases by 25 percent because the family's there and that is not bringing them back to the hospital and we can update them. Uh, So that positively impacts outcomes because if they're readmitted, the prognosis is generally not as good. So we're trying to look at and track everything. I'm a data guy, I'm a data junkie, given my startup experience. So I try to look at every data point and try to figure out where we're working, where we're not, and how we can improve.
0: Yeah, Nate, and, and everybody listening, I mean, we all know that the touch points with patients are far, like they're too far apart and there's too few of them. And whether it be managing a patient and their uh, chronic conditions or post-operatively, you know, the touch point is lost. But what you're telling me is metaphys will help keep that communication consistent. Mm.
1: Exactly. And it's standardized messaging that goes out. We also don't use personally identifiable protected health information. You get a number and you as a family member know who it is on your phone. You don't have a lot of people in surgery that day. So you make the mental connection and that way we can send out standardized updates that are true for all procedures. Stuff like the patients in the OR, anesthesia has started on your loved one to make them more comfortable during the procedure. That's true for a heart or a hip. Surgery, So it's super easy to use but feels personalized to the family and it's because they really care about that person right there that day. And I'm talking about surgery, but this is true for, you know, cases at nursing homes, people need to get updates. Um, And now I think is a good time to to start talking about the elephant in the room, which is COVID. And so no startup, particularly one in healthcare can say much without talking about it and how it's affected them. And to do that and to say kind of how things have changed for Medify's and for the hospitals and healthcare providers in general, a couple of things. Number one, financials are kind of unknown here in this environment. Hospitals, elective cases have gone down, which is how they make their profits. So they're getting some money from the government, but they're worrying about future income as they should be. So that makes it more difficult for us to get in there and get stuff live and pilot stuff and things like that. Having said that, there is a no or restricted visitor policy at every healthcare provider type that I just mentioned. Dialysis, you can no longer go in with your loved ones. Same with chemo. Nursing homes do not accept visitors. So if you have a mother in a nursing home, you have not seen her for four months unless you've used Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. And at a time when you know COVID cases, uh, the number of deaths, et cetera, especially in the United States are something to be afraid of for a lot of people, especially the elderly, especially those with comorbidities or otherwise compromised health, et cetera. So these folks can't see their loved ones, whether it's a COVID case or otherwise, they can't be in there. And so Metaphys is a solution that makes even more sense. If you haven't seen your mother in four months and you're reading all these news items about COVID cases in nursing homes, you're worried every morning. You don't know if her doctor, her orderly, whatever got COVID last weekend. So in order to be able to update families on a daily basis, if they want it, you can sign in for different types of notifications, but you know, I'd want it for my mother. I want to wake up in the morning and see no new COVID cases, zero staff cases, zero new patient cases with COVID today. Your mother's taking her medicine. She's walking around. She seems to be in good spirits. Just that. That's all I need once a day. And I'm feeling much better that day than I would otherwise. So there's a, there are a lot of areas that COVID has changed that we positively affect by our very nature. So it's, you know, it's uh, good and bad for healthcare that COVID's around, it's bad for people, for sure. But in healthcare, at least it's moving the needle in terms of telehealth, in terms of technology adoption, in terms of looking for new and innovative solutions that help today, as opposed to, uh, hey, let's try this out and see what happens three years from now. So it's a laser focused and uncertain time for healthcare, given this, and Metaphys is certainly part of that interesting uh, moment in history.
0: Nate, I really appreciate you sharing. You know, really how you guys are adding value, specifically around COVID. I mean, there's nothing worse than not knowing and that uncertainty, especially around these times. And with your example about the, you know, somebody's mother in a in a in a home that you can't see, those daily updates would be huge. And yeah. and then scale it to the OR or anywhere else, right? It's a powerful platform. Thank you. Yeah. So. Lots is going on to really improve healthcare, and it's not easy, you know. And, and so, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced, and what was the key learning out of that so far?
1: Well, I'm going to pass on COVID right now because that's the biggest setback that all of us have experienced, since mm-hmm. uh, I just talked about that, and talk about something that's a little bit more endemic to healthcare in general. Mm-hmm. And it's a known quantity. I, uh, a little aside is that when my uh, current co founder of Metaphys and I sat down, he kind of pitched me on this idea. And said, Nate, can we create software that'll help with this problem? And my response is, Yeah, we can. We can for sure. He's like, Do you want to start a company to do this? I said, No way. It's healthcare. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: And here I am, four years later, (laughs) and firmly ensconced in healthcare. And and part of that reason was knowing what I know now going in, but discovering it firsthand is not the same thing as knowing Mm -hmm. uh, that it might occur, which is sales cycles. So. Sales cycles are known to be long. In most of the businesses that I've been in before, they move pretty quickly. In order, might be advertising to move the most quickly and to try out things. And e-commerce, similarly, though they have to be careful. Now, going down the list, finance is slow. Government is known to be very, very slow. And healthcare is somewhere between the two, if not as bad as government in terms of. And as bad as what I'm, I don't mean to, to cast aspersions because you want to be careful. Uh, the history of healthcare is treating patients and you change something, you, you could you could do some harm and you don't want to do any harm for sure. So if status quo works, you keep it that way. I understand that. And I understand that, that the DNA of healthcare, especially having gone through EMR implementations, which haven't been quite rosy for the systems or the doctors and clinicians using them. They're a little bit gun-shy on software. They're naturally gun-shy on new stuff because of the nature of healthcare. And so the biggest setback that we've experienced is long sales cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, the key to learning there is to be very, very flexible as a startup software provider, to be very clear and make it simple to implement and launch and train. We've done the latter quite well. What we've been is flexible on starting with folks, whether that is a pilot. My training in San Francisco and doing software is never do pilots. In healthcare, I've softened that to do any pilot that anybody offers. <laughs> mm-hmm. The reason that you don't do pilots is is that the investors think that if you put a zero dollar value or a lower dollar value on your software, that's actually what you're worth. Yeah, uh, and so don't do anything for free. Now, healthcare, hospitals, et cetera, are used to doing stuff, having people do stuff for free, so you have a larger opportunity. So we've been. My learning there is do whatever it takes to let people use the software in a real world environment have metrics around what success looks like be agreed by both parties and track it backwards and forwards to make sure you're hitting those metrics. If you're not doing it as a startup, you're not doing your job, you're not providing a good enough product. If other things get in the way, COVID, uh, (laughs) revenue, you name it, um, you gotta be flexible enough to move around that. And so that's the biggest setback other than COVID. And the key learning is be very flexible and get the data and You know, actually, one of the things specifically in digital health is how you structure a contract matters a lot. So for example, if you do a pilot, do a three month pilot as part of a 15 month contract in which it rolls into a paid engagement, Mm -hmm. uh, so that they have to cancel it in order to change that, Uh, That just structurally sets you up and sets their expectations in a way that it should be positive for the company. So that was definitely a key learning in healthcare for me.
0: Well, that's great, you know, and it certainly shows your commitment to making this work. And Especially when you're integrating into the EMR and things like that, like definitely could take a lot longer. But sounds like you guys are figuring out ways to get the product in people's hands and get them to see the value up front to get them to go for it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the need has to be there. And again, because of no visitor policy, what I'm finding is folks are, we definitely get their ear, if not their, their pocketbook, which is a little empty these days. So uh, <laughs> setting the stage for future growth is always part of any, you know, sales funnel or really startup product planning process. Totally.
0: Yeah. And so as you think about the landscape, Nate, what would you say you're you're most excited about today?
1: well a couple of things so first off internally of company i'm a product guy i'm a design guy amongst other things but so i'm always excited about doing something new adding something that's necessary and fulfilling our customers needs and desires whether that's a paying customer like a healthcare provider or a user that just gets free benefit out of the system which would be the patients families and their other contacts so in terms of product innovation being able to tap into newer markets for us, which include the elder care, nursing homes, hospice, dialysis, et cetera, it all plugs into our platform, similar database structure, HIPAA compliant, all the rest of that stuff. So I'm excited about developing those with partners out there in the industry. And so, for example, with nursing homes, we're chatting with Brookdale, which is one of the largest providers in hospice. We're talking with Vitas, which is one of the largest hospice providers in the States. And dialysis, we're chatting with some folks at Devita, which is big in that space, obviously. So excited to innovate new things around opportunities that we have, that we've been identifying since day one, but really given COVID has accelerated our efforts to get into those markets. And I gotta tell you, out of all of them, I'm most excited about nursing homes because you got a million people mm-hmm. in the United States that need social reinforcement and can't get face-to-face with their family. What a bummer is that for them? negatively impacts health for sure. What a bummer is that for the, you know, tens of per patient of family that are involved. And so to talk with those folks and solve some of their problems in a proactive way that makes our collective consciousness better in a time of struggle and stress is something I'm very excited about.
0: Yeah, good for you guys. And, uh, you know, I love the approach, right? There's a lot of different niches within healthcare, not just the hospitals, those acute care centers where you could apply this. And so it is exciting to know that you guys are working your way into the system to provide this. Really, it's about knowing, right? I mean, it's about knowing how your family is doing.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's the comfort of that. You know, the worst thing in the world is sitting in a waiting room, which you can't even do with COVID these days, and looking at a clock with no updates. Looking at tick vibe, we all knew that from uh, junior high school, right? When we were waiting for the bell to ring to go to mm-hmm. go home at the end of the day. We're used to this yep. and the stress stress around that and the excitement around that in that case. But, you know, so if you've got something on your phone that you know is the latest information that the doctors have, that the nurses have, that the caretakers have at, at facilities, your comfort level just, you know, goes way up and allows you to do your normal stuff every day without worrying as much. And that stuff can be automated. That stuff can be based upon uh, your stress level as well. We have some light AI artificial intelligence around that to send you updates when you're stressed out and you want something. And so that's one of the things that we're really excited about as well is, is trying to make the world a better place. And then going back to my thesis, it takes a village to take care of really sick people. And so let's get that village involved because it actually helps treatment options, prognoses, and outcomes.
0: Love it. Nate, this is great work. And Certainly exciting to hear the progress you guys are making. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought. And then the best place that the listeners, if something today resonated with them and they wanted to explore an option with you guys or continue the conversation, where they could reach you.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Closing thought is this. We are
1: all in this together, literally. We were before COVID. We may especially be now. The states and cities are doing this in different manners. Our government is doing it differently from others. But the providers have one goal in mind, and that is to make people better. And Metaphys wants to help out with that, as do you, Saul, and you, the listener. And so how can we best do that? Metaphys is, is cutting off a piece of that, which is certainly relevant these days, but I think it's always relevant. And so engaging the family in the journey of healthcare that we will all have to go through at some point in our lives. We'll all be in a hospital someday. We may all be in a nursing home or something like that. And so to get this digital technology where it needs to be, our smartphones where they need to be to be able to take advantage of that now, means that we've all got a better future. So we're all in this together. How to get in touch with me. Folks, if you want to, please do reach out. I'm nate at medifies.com. If you have a general question, it could be info at medifies.com. And you're welcome to give us a call at 510-838-0672. We're located in the Bay Area, but we've got presences in Miami, Houston, and Nashville as well. So happy to chat with you, happy to meet up locally. Please fire off any any, uh, questions as well as if you'd like to see this offer.
0: Love it. Nate, thank you so much. And folks, take him up on the offer to connect. He offered various ways to do it. And why not explore this awesome option today see what you could create for your patients and uh, maybe you're a partner that is already working with health systems and they could integrate with what you're doing. Uh, The options are now. And so I encourage you to chat with Nate if that's of interest. And Nate, I want to thank you for sharing what you guys are up to with all of us. It's been uh, a really insightful conversation. Thank you. Great. Saul. appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. to learn more.